0: You're listening to the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. Welcome back to episode 32 of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with my host, Matt, and the co-host, <laughs> Richard, here. Got a little bit of stories coming from the mullet, shall we say, uh, from a few days ago. Uh, this is episode 32. It, you know, I uh, have to start us right off. I think we go right into the mullet, right? I don't think we, I don't think we can go anywhere else.
1: Well, I mean, I want to start off by saying, look, it's good you finally know your place. We've established I'm the host, but no, uh, it, <laughs> I, it's funny. Remember how I said I don't know how I could talk yesterday? Now I don't know if you can hear it. The the voice really is isn't with me. So it took a couple of days. We're a little, we're a little uh, delayed, but the mullet did claim one more victim. But wow, that. Let's just start off there. We, we can get into the Michael Telquist stuff later. This is episode Michael Telquist. I have a couple yep. of stories why I remember that. Because apparently, Richie's like, I don't know how you remember that. I'm like, it's Michael Telquist. But start, start with a mullet. We're both wearing them. I'm going yep. full uh, Joe Dirt, Tiger King over here. And Richie's just happy to be here.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm a space cadet, I think is what they say. Now, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hulk Hogan. Didn't he have a mullet? I think Thank he had a mullet. Did. I'm going with Hulk Hogan. If he didn't, I, I don't care. I'm Hulk Hogan. So we are currently wearing for you audio listeners uh, blonde wigs with uh, Go Coyotes Go on the top. So being part of the one of the 5,000. Oh, wait. Sorry. 4,600 fans that The three went to, people that
1: showed up. You can be honest.
0: Yeah. Being a part of the opening night presentations everybody in attendance got a fake mullet to uh embrace the mullet arena and i got to say this is probably one of their better gag gifts that they've given out pretty good uh i'm a little sad there's not some differentiation in color i would have liked to see <laughs> some some more some more style opportunities but uh you know it is what it is i'll take the blonde wig and yeah
1: i know i I told my wife i'm like look uh just go ahead and 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 buy me some trading cards now buy me a a little gift she's like why i'm like because it it might not happen today might not happen tomorrow but one day you're going to find a stray blonde hair from this wig and you're going to start a fight over it (laughs)
0: that is true (laughs) that is very true I uh, saw quite a few of them left behind. I picked up two more, so I actually have three total. Uh, Yeah, I was
1: going to grab more, I just don't know how you disinfect them. Or else I would have had like 16 mullets, I would have put them on the dogs, I would have handed them out to random neighbors, I would have followed random children around on Halloween saying, take your mullet, kids!
0: I figure you can probably wash them or something. I just tossed them in the laundry and I'm just going to wash them, see how it goes. Wash know. them by
1: themselves, so don't don't mix your clothes in with them. No,
0: uh, definitely not. <laughs> I definitely will not do that. If they if they mess up, oh well. I don't care. I got mine.
1: I was like, they were free.
0: Yeah, I also saw a shirt, but it was covered in beer, and I wasn't willing to make the sacrifice uh, <laughs> to pick that That's one up. That's stained
1: for like three washes. That that is it, stained for a while. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I was very tempted to grab it, and then I saw that it was wet with beer. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not taking that shirt. But, uh, uh, all right, let's, let's get into the, the Michael Telquist here. You, you got all a right. story for us?
1: Yeah. So on my birthday, April 8th, 2007 in a game at home against the Vancouver Canucks, I got to meet all the players and whatnot. So Michael Telquist, he had a stack of trading cards, like of his own card. I think he was walking out of the suite area or going to that little like luxury suite uh, that's downstairs, like right in between where the, the locker rooms are. And like, yeah. Oh, hey, you know, it's your birthday. Today's your lucky day. Here's a Michael Telquist card. And I thought it was cool because I was like 11 years old. But like, I remember my brother in law was like, oh, yeah, great. I get a backup goaltender's Toronto Maple Leafs card because he, he got traded or acquired throughout the season. So all the cards were Toronto Maple Leafs. So there's my Telquist story.
0: So you're telling me he's the one who started the, the attic. <laughs> The, the addiction, there we go, that's what I'm looking for.
1: Well, I was playing you... Yu-Gi-Oh! before that, but I mean, maybe. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> I I will say, uh, after that riveting story, I, I'm going to beg all of you to like, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on uh, to get more Michael Telquist stories, because Matt's got the inside scoop. <laughs> About backup goaltenders who <laughs> have apparently a stack of their own cards. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a
1: Bridgman story too, but that one's more just like me being aggressive.
0: Oh, okay. You want to yeah, tell we, it, or are you are you just gonna you know tease what, everyone? Screw
1: it, screw it. Why not? Because we'll we'll have a couple extra minutes. So uh, he, I, you know, Bridgman. You know, Mister. Yeah. You know, why he had to be mad? It's only a game, but it's like he, he broke his stick a lot. So there's one time. Yeah. I think he smacked it before he got off the ice, so he went to go just hand it into the crowd. There were three different kids. I was in the middle, there was two others, and I grabbed it right by the handle, like, you know, where he would h- handle it on the ice, and I looked yeah. at the other kid like I was going to, like, swing the stick around and beat him across the head with it, and then he, like, slowly <laughs> backed away. So I guess some of that aggression did pass on to me, because I, okay. I was not letting go of that golov stick. I Also, I think I got a Telquist stick, too, at one point. I don't have any of this anymore, because I was like, oh, I'm too... Old for all this childish shit when I was leaving uh, uh, high school, so thanks, 18 year old me, you dumbass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of an oopsie. Did you just like throw it away or did you donate it? Like, what'd you do?
1: Uh, those two were both broken, but I had, I put like tape on them. I was using the Telquist stick as a street hockey stick. It was Telquist okay. or Smith. I really can't remember, but. Uh, I ended up, like, selling whatever ones to a pawn shop that were viable, and then everything else I just threw away. And okay. I'm like, I'm going to downsize because I'm mature, and I, I'm i an idiot.
0: Alright, well, that was stupid of you. I think we can all admit.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I am not a smart person. I I don't understand why people listen to me. I, I'm, a, I'm an idiot.
0: <laughs> well... Talking about non-idiot decisions, I think we can talk about the Coyotes moving to the Mold Arena themselves. I know that we had our emergency episode. If you didn't see that, go ahead and go watch that. That's on the channel on YouTube. That is Desert Moon Hockey uh, on YouTube. But for those that don't watch the video, let's talk a little bit audibly about our experiences and how I think that this might be the right decision for the Coyotes. To, oh, be, <laughs> to be in a temporary location of, of all temporary locations, even comparatively to Gila River, uh, this might certainly be the better place to be going.
1: Well, I mean, you're not wrong. Like I know me and you got to speak briefly with Craig Morgan in the second intermission, but I remember talking to him like, this literally was the best possible decision. I wanted them to go to the madhouse. I thought that would have been cool as hell, but it would have been, I think, like double or triple what they paid for the annex to get that up where it should be, so it just wouldn't have been worth it. But yeah. it's like they 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 want to already get into, into Tempe, so you already start that relationship, you already start getting involved with the community. Of course, I've said it from the beginning, if you want to go in business in Tempe, you get into bed with ASU, and look what the Coyotes yep. did. The season ticket numbers, the sales went up. The total revenue has gone up. Now, obviously, throughout the entire season, it should be about the same as what it was last year. If not going up by, throw a random, like, mild percentage, maybe 10% or so, it's still a huge improvement from what it was in this giant, mostly taken over by opposing team fans arena. As much as I love that place, I, I have my own personal preference. This was just better. So everything's already looking better. You have the national spotlight on you. Uh, that place was rocking, it was loud, it was packed. I don't know if you felt it, there were like three or four different times like my, my feet were shaking, like the, the ground beneath you was shaking because everyone was like just getting so loud and, and hooting and hollering. It was just a great atmosphere. Like, this was the best possible decision, though it doesn't look like it. Yeah. But if you were there, if you were in that crowd, you know, like local people already knew, you know, PHNX, Craig Morgan, all those guys already knew, we already knew. But even if you were skeptical, until you're in that building, you don't know like just yeah. how good of a decision it was. And I still stand by the novelty will wear off after a year, but that should line up perfectly with when we're getting start dates on breaking ground for the new arena. So it's like everyone's going to be ready for that next project. I think it's going to be fine. It's only three years. Hopefully yeah. just three. I, I don't want that fourth year. We've already talked about that. I don't think ASU wants that year. The Coyotes don't want that fourth year as just as a little bit of insurance and <laughs> just in I case. Think-
0: I, unless they pay some fat money to get that land remediated quickly, mm-hmm. I I think it's going to be four years. I think it's going to be, if I maybe have to guess, I'm going to say three and a half years. I think well, that's how if, long the project's going to take.
1: If your speculation, when we are talking in the first intermission, if your speculation that, that Sky Harbor could try to make it ugly, and it, look, it... All you got to do is sue and just keep asking for your continuances for as long as you possibly can. That It could take an extra six months before we can even get all the approvals to do a break ground date with all that could be even more. So it's like, don't put that bad juju out there, but I could see it. I'm just not going to think about it.
0: I, I also don't know how the the like, the like literature of it goes, but I do know that it's broken between Phase 1 and Phase 2. Phase 1, there is no, there is no fight against... Um, The airport like phase one is the arena and all of the uh, Surrounding area that you would have like bars and stuff at right and none of that stuff falls under a Jurisdiction that doesn't allow them to put that there So I don't know if they're going to like try to forcibly put phase one in Where like you can't sue on this so there's no point in trying and then maybe phase two is where the suing happens and then, you know, it, it may be a desert or sorry, a, a blank lot next to the arena for, you know, a few years because it's going to take a while for all that residential to be built in.
1: All I know is that I, I, I people that don't know the land we're talking about, like it kind of makes sense. I know uh, was it Javier Gutierrez at the uh, that Tempe Council meeting was like we phase one is we want to make sure the building fits first. So you're going, yeah. you place the arena down first, obviously, it'd be funny as hell if they tried to place, like, housing first, oh, hey, we don't have enough room for the arena, like, it would be an absolute disaster, but, uh, yeah. you get the arena in first, so, like, just in case there is any sort of other complications, because even if it is the airport just, uh, trying to throw a, a wrench in it just because they know the residential's coming, like, just expect that it could take a little longer. And I don't know yeah. if there's anything else going on there, you know. Maybe we'll get news. Maybe we won't. But just I don't want that fourth year at ASU. I, I do believe the novelty will wear off. That's why I'm like, let's just get this vote happen. Let's get it done. It's gonna break, you know, a break ground day, and just you know, let's get going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. I, you know, I think that's the best thing for this franchise. Once we get that date, it's gonna be a breath of fresh air. It still doesn't mean that we're out of the, uh, we're out of the storm, but. It definitely the first needs. shovel has
1: to hit dirt. That's mm-hmm. when it's like eighty percent. Like obviously, you have to account for if something happens. We're not gonna put that that not gonna put that out there. But it's like you know, w- once the the first shovel hits the dirt, you are you know as as good as it can be. Yeah. You know, at that point, so it's like just a little longer, Coyotes fans. <laughs> just a little longer.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna wrangle us back in here. Get us back on topic with the uh, mullet. Mm-hmm. Uh. i I will say that there are some positives and negatives. Once again, this is gonna be a little bit of a, um... If you watch the video, you're gonna hear these, but I'm gonna go back over some of the- my- my critiques and criticisms of the arena. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm gonna start with the negatives. I think that there- there is some negatives to be... acknowledged, um, at the very least. And this isn't even coming from being a Coyotes fan watching an NHL game here. I think that even if you are an ASU fan, uh, there's some, some criticisms that, that should be acknowledged. Uh, because regardless of whether you're watching NHL hockey or NCAA hockey, uh, 5,000 seats uh, feels the same. <laughs> regardless of who's sitting in them. Uh, I will say that the first one being has to do with the concourse. So, the hallways are pretty tight there there's no denying that they're they're pretty tight and that's even like ignoring the extra concession stands that they kind of splattered in there to uh you know add in some like jerseys and sales and stuff like that for the coyotes uh it does definitely feel like a college arena (laughs) because of that you know everybody's on top of each other it's like going to a college party you know it's tight uh And the other thing being, which is a really interesting design choice, so it's not a full ring around the concourse. It's actually shaped like a C, essentially, because one side that you can't go through, uh, is for, like, premium lounge, like, seating. So, they kind of have their own proportion of the concourse that you're not allowed to, like, walk through. So, in order to do anything, it's all through that one side that everybody's, like, traveling, and it's a tight fit over there so there's a lot of like moving parts going on and it's it's a lot it's a lot I I'm not gonna you know play pretend that it's it works perfectly it's it not ideal um with that being said it still did work uh it definitely worked and yeah, there was, I think, something like 80 reporters, 80 national reporters there. And they were taking up all the standing room only seating by effectively there's like like a pedestal or, or what would you call it? it? It's like a bar, like a bar, yeah, it's top.
1: like a bar stool, you know, yeah, like it, a it little was, little bar stool are sitting on. So it's one I, I I think the arena sits weird. So it's like what would be the south end in most places, I think, is the west end. But mm-hmm. One entire half of it looped around of oh, the sa- the standing room seats was just for the media, because yeah. there was what the, the reason that, that the capacity is 4,600 is considered a sellout is because the amount of seats that are had to be reserved for like family, friends, media personnel, stuff like that. Now it should probably be a little bit higher after the first game. There's a lot of national you know presence there for that first game. Probably going to be again tonight. But it should calm down a little bit to so maybe like forty seven hundred. That first number we were hearing for the longest time.
0: Yeah, uh, I but think yeah, so. no.
1: So like some standing room was being sold, but it was just like off in the corner, <laughs> and then I think yeah. behind the student section, everything else was all media.
0: Yeah, all the standing room was taken over by the media. Um, it, it's a interesting atmosphere. I'll say that. So it's something that the Coyotes have not had in a long time, which is. Spunk, <laughs> which is pepiness, right? <laughs> it's it's all those ASU students that are coming in. Um, generally, I would say in in Glendale, a lot of the fans were very PG. Uh, a lot of them were families. <laughs> a lot of them had kids. A lot of them weren't swearing. Uh, there was a lot of swearing going on at this game. I will say,
1: the chance,
0: uh, yeah, the
1: chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were chance of BS. There were chance of a whole lot of things, but it didn't. It didn't make it like awkward. It, it made it, it made it fun. I, I, you know, I swear I try not to on this podcast, but I swear. So it's not a big deal to me. But I could definitely see like a family with like kids coming in. It could be um, not as easy for them to keep their children from hearing all that stuff.
1: <laughs> but luckily luckily families won't be going because a family of four is a minimum of like $600 after ticket fees and everything. So it's like, it's not yeah. really designed for that. And I, I joined it on the BS chant, not not the chant, but the BS chant I was definitely in on. <laughs> but it was like, we haven't had the, the loud, obnoxious, rowdy, everyone's in it, everyone's involved, like since the playoffs. Like we talked about it in that little, that little emergency episode where mm-hmm. it... It was a lot of fun, and it felt natural. Like, I, as someone who goes to a lot of NHL games, or even I went to a couple college games, I didn't even hear that much cursing in the college game. Like, when I went to go watch uh, the ASU take on Colorado College, I didn't even hear that much, if if at all. It was actually a lot more chill. It felt more like a like a Gila River game, except for the student section. That was just this weird, uh, like obnoxious, awesome thing that I, I don't understand because I'm a 42-year-old man. Uh, but, like, everyone else was just kind of chilling and having fun. This was just, like, like everyone was in college, even though the vast majority of them were not college students. Yeah. And, and, and like, <laughs> the dude directly behind me, like, a couple seats behind me, uh, was was chirping at this uh, this Jets fan in front of him. So he was one who started the, the Mark Shifley chant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there was
1: so much John going back and forth. It was all in good fun. Like, they shook hands afterward whatever because, you know, it's all in good fun. But, yeah. It, it was interesting. Like it was, it was a fun place to be. Like even I, like I'm, I, you know me. Like if you get me around people or give me a couple vodka Red Bulls deep, I get really obnoxious. But it's like other than that, I'm usually pretty like reserved and kind of awkward. Even yeah. I felt comfortable just yelling and hooting and hollering into that game. Like, I, yeah. And I went alone. I was sitting by myself. That was an awkward experience, but I regret nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of seating. uh if you're a Kaidu's fan that's gone to multiple games at Healer River Arena, uh, the seating's gonna be a little different because uh, the vast majority of them are either bleachers or plastic seats. That's uh, something you gotta get used to. There is no cu- there is cushion, but they're only in the premium seating. Uh, the sides do not get any premium seating, so you, you just gotta expect that you uh, are gonna have a cold butt. <laughs> It, when you sit down, that plastic, that plastic ain't too warm. <laughs> so, I, uh, my, I, I don't mind. But my wife immediately was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> you know, she just sat on a piece of ice, essentially. Uh, so, it, I think from now on, she's gonna bring two blankets, and she's just gonna wrap herself like a burrito, essentially. Um, she already brings one blanket for her legs. Now she's going to have to bring a second one for the seat.
1: <laughs> there you but, go. Hey, come prepared.
0: Yeah. Um, just something that you're going to have to get used to if you're uh, not used to having padded seats. Uh, maybe even bring one of those old man patters that you can sit on.
1: Also, the bathrooms, use the ones downstairs. All yes. Right? the stairs on the perimeter, use those, go downstairs bathrooms, or I think there's two of them on, on either side, and also the lines yeah. weren't as bad. I feel like no one bothered to take a mental note, because everyone goes in from downstairs and they, they come up, so I don't think anyone took a mental note And the first intermission there. Like, I was trying to meet up with Richie, just like, you know, behind the concourse, and it was just everyone's in line to take a piss. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it, it
0: was at least, I don't know, probably a hundred people standing in a line, waiting to pee. Like, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was a lot. Uh it was way more than what anyone expected. So be careful with that. Don't get caught up in those lines. Use the downstairs ones. There's one on each side downstairs. It's much better uh than having to wait a long time to pee.
1: I mean, thankfully I I usually uh I I usually pee like right when the game like the periods are starting or like I'll leave a couple minutes early if I need to. But yeah, that's also I usually why you don't drink.
0: <laughs> I usually so I usually leave uh during the TV timeouts. Um I don't know why this just ha- always I've been as a kid. One one issue though is I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that as much. I sit kind of in the middle all year. Oh and, god. <laughs> and and scoot and pass. It's a, it's a tight fit. I I wouldn't say it's like so tight that you can't deal with it like it's definitely good enough to where when I sit down, I'm not like putting my knees through the back of the person's head in front of me. It's enough space there for me to be comfortable. It's just not enough space for me to walk past people if they're standing. So it's it's, designed
1: for college kids, Richie, like, you you know, the kids that are like actually in good shape and not fat guys like you and I, like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Those kids, it was designed for.
0: (laughs) That's very true. Um, But yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that this year. I, I don't know if I can do my, my TV timeout pees, Which uh, is probably a good thing because there's some games that, man, I, I... I If the Coyotes need a goal, I uh, just need to leave to go pee because they literally score. Uh, there was a game uh, last year where the, co- the Coyotes scored four goals. Three of the four goals I missed. Three of them. Like literally, the second I left to go pee, they would score.
1: Let's talk about goals. So the goal horn was the big, was the big topic on Twitter. Wow. That oh, I know. Just gave out on me. Yeah. All right. So correct me if I'm wrong. This is how I remember it. I, I wasn't actively listening. Like like. Oh, I'm gonna listen for the goal horn. But I remember it. It was fine for the second goal. I remember it being there on the second goal. And so, wasn't no. it just like a. It wasn't.
0: No. no, it wasn't there. So it was there. Um, you, you did hear it when, um, the, like, you know, when after warmups, like warmups ends and then they signal like, Hey everybody, GTFO. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: it, it was, I think there because is it like a, like a more typical, like hockey horn? It's not like a, like the ones that we had at, at Gila river. I, I, I know that you went to the sun devil games. Was it like a, like, much higher pitched noise
1: at the sun devils game they do this weird like like i think they play like music when when, when it goes off and everyone just like yells like suddenly okay. dude now my brain is broken because i don't know if i just assume it's always there because i'm just used to it but like now that you're making me like actually think if i heard it i'm starting to question my reality
0: I'm sorry to like
1: have a, a three AM conversation
0: here. So the one that I heard was when all the players uh were finished with warm up and the time ended and it signaled them to get off. And it was a loud like, meh, like I don't I'm <laughs> I, I don't want to keep blowing out people's ears, but it was like a loud like more traditional style hockey horn. It wasn't like a, a boat horn or a truck horn. It was like a kind of your typical rink horn um I heard that one uh but then obviously when they scored their goals I didn't hear it uh, so not too sure what's going on with that but of course horn not work equal coyote fault you know definitely not <laughs> re- the responsibility of you know the the building or the the people who built the building or not their fault it's a coyote fault coyote fault they broke horn
1: they they just they, they needed something to be like hey the, coy- the coyote's bad so it's like gold horn and then <laughs> no, we're we're not talking about the locker rooms again because like they went all out and actually made them look pretty nice like with actual like, I balls thought so and too carpet yeah. remember you know coyote bad it's gonna be just made out of uh made out of pipe and drape when pipe and drape were just the out- outline like border of it like they did more so at one Cardinals game uh they had like a cheerleading competition, or, like, a, like, cheerleaders coming out, like, uh, for the halftime show. So, in the... We call it the throat, but it's in the... lot Like, the store is right there, you know, down on the south end. Uh, we had to set up, like, four different stalls and pipe and drape for them to get dressed in. We just mm-hmm. set pipe and drape and left. And then, of <laughs> course, like... It bugged me, because I, I love using that shortcut throughout game days, because, you know, less traffic, but I couldn't for, for that game. So, you know, screw you guys, but it's like... They just we just did that and left and they were they were on their own. If if a wind blew, the curtains going that way. Don't no, the coyotes went all out with this and they added walls and everything like it's all the different areas and it's it's still just just pipe and drink. It's bad. It's all bad.
0: It bad. <laughs> folding chair bad.
1: I cannot believe you have a folding chair. What a what a what a bad man.
0: How disrespectful of the millionaires! How dare you? I I expected luxury <laughs> sofas. Luxury sofas.
1: Did you retweet it where it's like, uh, or my my wife might have? It was like, uh, hockey Twitter. Oh, you know, hockey players are are some of the toughest, you know, grittiest athletes. You know, and then also hockey Twitter. Oh my God, I can't believe they don't (laughs) don't have luxury suites down there in the locker room. So, dude, Blake Wheeler, he has a reason, an actual reason to have a grudge against the Coyotes, not like him. He even said the whole locker room thing was blown out of proportion. And him and Pierre Luc Dubois both complimented the ice, saying it was some of the best they skated on. Yeah. Like like it, it it's it's desperation and it's just laughs. So like I I've, yeah. I've been enjoying um ridiculous success on the YouTube channel by making fun of these people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh do you really want to get into that real quick? Or uh,
1: to, to which are you referring? Cuz I I, uh, I have the app right here down to my left.
0: Your your huge success. For this game, I'd say that the the most the most appropriate thing to sell your PlayStation 5 for was uh, probably that vlog. That vlog was very successful.
1: I okay, so obviously the last vlog it w- it was for the women's ASU game. Um, the, the first one. Wait, wait a, sorry. Oh.
0: Before you start, give some context of what I mean by PlayStation <clears throat> 5.
1: So uh, I sold my PS5 so I could afford the ticket to opening night because like. A lot of factors went into it. TLDR, I was also still pretty mad at myself for missing Josh Stone, you know, scoring the first men's goal uh, in ASU. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not missing out on Coyotes history. I'm not going to not be there. Uh, the tickets went down a little bit. Standing room only was available for 100. And 20 bucks more. I was sitting uh, three rows closer than standing room. I was like row M. And it, was, it was a pretty good seat, and I, I'll take that. So yeah, no, I. I usually game on, on Xbox and PC anyway, but it's, like, PS5 is temporary. Going to this historic moment was forever. And so the last vlog I made got, like, 3,000 views as of right now. It's, like, 2.9 thousand. After, like, 600 views, I'm like, okay, maybe it's slightly clickbaity, you know. I said first game. I should have put my first game. That's my bad, whatever. Then, uh, like, you know, if I can get 300 views, I was, like, 397 subscribers. So I'm, I'm like, right up there, about to hit 400, like, I'll, I'll, if you want, I'll elaborate on this at the end of the episode, if not, I, I won't, but it's like, I kind of had hard numbers I wanted to hit by the end of the year, so I'm like, cool, you know, everything's going great, I go to bed, I wake up, and this thing starts blowing the F up, and just, in just 12 hours, it became the most viewed video on my channel, beating out that Cole Caulfield video, 5.3 thousand views. I will never be able to replicate that, is what I thought to myself. Right now, uh, a little over a day, it's at 16,000 views, and I jumped from uh, 397, 398 subscribers to 608 as we record right now. Yeah. I I don't know how to comprehend that.
0: (laughs) See, the secret is that you you snuck in the casual get-me-up-to-400-subscribers wink (laughs) at the beginning. (laughs) See, see the... uh, the begging for subscriptions works just like I'm about to do right now. If you are enjoying what you're listening to, you should definitely subscribe, like, and follow on whatever platforms you're listening to us on. Wink.
1: Get us to a hundred on YouTube, come on, Richie puts in too much work, and I, I have a pretty face. You guys can admit that, but yeah, no. So it's it. I am. I spent an hour and a half last night recording like five or six different like essentially like thank you milestone videos and i'm like I, i'm not satisfied with the quality of any of them so i'm like i have no idea what to do where to go other than like the road to 1k is officially like choo choo <laughs>
0: yeah i i have no clue either that's that's a you problem my guy Haha
1: ha <laughs> <laughs> ah oh, crap anyway so there's me there, there, there there's there's yeah. me bragging about you know just being a, a minor e celeb i'm kidding
0: I <laughs> One video and it's already going to your head. I see how. Oh, it is. I'm,
1: I'm already like, I, I'm above Richie. I'm above all. I'm kidding, but no, I I did though become the most subscribed to uh Coyotes channel on YouTube again, and I would like this to replace AZ Sports Guys the most. So you know, subscribe. But let's talk about other content creators. Let let's let's take a minute to like talk about some of the cool people we got to meet.
0: Yeah, there was there was a lot <laughs> of. There's a lot of names that showed up for this event. So. Everyone
1: was there, and it's like, you're in a 5,000-seat arena, and I said it, you know, on the last video, it's it, it's like small town, the, the hockey game. Everyone knew everybody. Uh, even me, some nobody YouTuber, got, like, you know, recognized, people wanted to meet me and say, how, how, how's was it going? It's like, just mm-hmm. to list off a couple. Let's talk about Locked On real quick, because I got to, to be on yep. Locked On Coyotes, I think, a, two months ago got to meet Robin and uh, Carl. I'm Carl. terrible with names. Yep, Carl. All right. Uh, that that picture was funny, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor Carl. You <laughs> look so miserable in <laughs> that picture. Carl. So <laughs> Carl was having a good time. All right, nobody, nobody take that picture to context. Sneaking, he was, he was not happy. He was happy. He just, he just was not very photogenic in that one.
1: <laughs> he was like rival podcast. Get away from us, you yeah e beggars or whatever. I don't know. But no. uh, him and Robin are really nice, and it was really cool to like interact. with her. like, where did you see Robin? Because I know she was sitting closer to you. But it's like you um, just walk up to me like, off off of the corner. Hey, I found someone.
0: Yeah. Um, she was sitting in one row over. And so when I came out to go to the bathroom, I was walking up the stairs and I saw her. I'm like, hey. I was like, hey, Robin. And then I had a really awkward handshake with her. I tried to fist bump <laughs> and then handshake. And it just it turned into spaghetti. And so <laughs> I, I was like, maybe maybe she will wa- maybe like would you prefer a handshake uh fist bump up 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 yeah so it was it was awkward it was it was not good it was it was really bad
1: richie richie yeah i i would not think you'd be that awkward as a married man i, I figured you'd just be like calm collected how's it going fist bump Let, let's go I don't, film you know some so, footage from my idiot friend's vlog
0: so <laughs> the, the the hard part that i have is i don't shake hands like very rarely am I just going to walk up and like shake or fist bump or do something with people's hands. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't do it. So it's like, it's like taking the training wheels off. I have to learn and I'm going to fall <laughs> sometimes. All right. <laughs> you
1: know It what? is what it is. That's fine. You know, at least you weren't like me, so I, don't, I I know you saw the tweet. But when I first got there, I didn't know anyone there yet. I, I knew Altex; what well, he was at the very like, front of the red carpets. So I couldn't get over to him, so I was yeah. sitting there not knowing anyone, like off in the corner by myself, like like I was in my middle school dance. Like I, I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing like it was such, yeah. like, such an awkward moment. It's like I, I get it. I got you. But no, locked yeah. on. They they were really cool, really nice. Yeah. It, it was fun to actually get to meet them. Like a lot of these people we've talked to, uh, you know via the screen, you know, because I, I, was, I was on Locked on Coyotes for an episode and that was really fun, but when you actually get to see him in person it, it's, it's it's a different experience, and then we also got to meet a couple Twitch streamers, Altex, personal buddy of mine and uh, Deek Slayer, who is probably, like, one of the most well-known Coyotes fan content creators he also mm-hmm. has a YouTube channel uh, I don't know how he has less subscribers than me, so help him out too <laughs> yeah, go,
0: go uh, subscribe to Deek Slayer, he's an unreal dude he always brings a passion for the Coyotes and passion for the sport. So,
1: and also give yeah. him a, give him a little junk. Tell him he looks like a like a discount Roger Craig Smith, and then like just quote Sonic things at him. He'll be confused. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, who else? I, I don't want to forget. Anyone. So, no, so uh, we
0: did. We did have celebrities, or do we want to keep talking about personal well, people? That I we... want
1: to do one more because I think it was a funny story. We got to meet Dale Monning. Is one of like the I don't. He feels like one of the most famous Twitter Coyotes fans. It's like it's it's weird to explain, but we thought he was he, he was Bill Armstrong's burner. Like we actually all were yeah. hung around him and yeah. forced him to show us his Twitter app to yeah. show there wasn't another account connected. To, we are putting out a bounty.
0: All yeah, right. bounty. <laughs>
1: right <laughs> bounty now, is- I will give you $5 for the identity of Bill Armstrong's burner.
0: <laughs> we should, uh... We should, uh, like, put our money together for, like, a jersey. And, like, if you if you figure out who... And if you are Bill Armstrong's burner, you don't get the damn jersey. It's a bounty. <laughs> you don't get to claim it yourself.
1: <laughs> what? It's street rules, buddy. There ain't no rules here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bill Armstrong Burner, by the way, if you don't know who that is, go on the Twitter, search that up. It's just a fan account. Uh, Maybe it is actually Bill Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have (laughs) guessed? But, uh, uh, anyways, uh, it's a burner account, and all he does is meme about like the Coyotes being the best in the league, and like he just memes the whole time. And it's not it, even it's a fair.
1: Good, uh, you know, Nick Ritchie, 100, 100 goal pace this season.
0: Yeah, like he he just memes the whole time, and it, it's it's great fun. It's it's lighthearted fun.
1: We need more yeah, of that because there's a lot of drama with
0: the, con, with, uh, the con- invaders from the north. The the context is is that we, we suspected that Bill Armstrong's burner was somewhere in the arena today and we were going to find him. We didn't find him, spoiler alert.
1: What uh, would we, you do? What what would you do if I was Bill Armstrong's burner?
0: I would keep it a secret. I would I would keep it a secret because then it ruins the mystery and the fun.
1: We we gotta <laughs> we
0: gotta know it's Bill Armstrong behind the, the, the tweets. If uh, if it's not, then it ruins the it ruins the fun.
1: Bro, I uh, saw him like driving in when I was walking into the arena, and it's like uh, that dude is intimidating. Like he, he's a very oh, yeah. intimidating man. So like uh, he, he's going to pull into the parking lot. I was like standing on the sidewalk, and I'm like, holy, holy, that, that that's Bill Armstrong. That's Kyrie's general manager, Bill Armstrong. And I, I I just stayed on the sidewalk. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near that car. I'm pretty sure that's worth more than I'll make in the next ten years. <laughs> that was a very nice. <laughs> Nice car.
0: <laughs> yeah, was it a Mercedes? What was it?
1: I I thought it was a Beamer, but I wasn't looking like like oh, okay. for the mo- like the maker model. But honestly, I want that one car that has like the the ASU pitchfork for a logo. I forgot It hard to name. It's like an Italian company. Uh,
0: uh I, I know which, No, yeah, it might be Maserati. I think that's what it is. It's Maserati or Alpha Romero. One of those ones.
1: I need one of those because the 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 freaking pitchfork is cool. But yeah, no. So everyone also, was there. Frankie Muniz was there.
0: Yeah, I, I do want to say real quick before we get into Frankie Muniz, I will say oh, I know it's I know it's Mercedes. It was a joke. Please don't. I can't believe he mispronounced <laughs> it. Yeah, I know. It's it's a joke.
1: You should you should have left it there for all the extra comments because yeah. now they're now they're they're unsending the comments or they're they're oh deleting they're
0: deleting it. them deleting them <laughs> making them feel stupid.
1: But no, we we didn't see him, but Frankie Munoz was there. There was a former Coyote that was sitting over in the ASU section. Was it Greg Adams? Uh, Robin thought she saw Mike Smith. I'm still 50-50 on that because the facial structure still looks weird, but Mike Smith does wear fedoras. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. I remember him wearing fedoras quite a bit. I saw Capabianco on the concourse, and he walked right past me. I knew I should have worn the Capabianco jersey, but it is what it is. And... They need to play him, by the way, because the defense, yeah. you know, you could use a little cap in your life. Uh, who, who else? Who else are some of the big big names you remember?
0: Um, I don't remember too many famous people. I just remember the, those those potentially being there. Um, lots of just national re- reporters that I saw, Greg Wyszynski, I walked past, uh, seemed to be liking it, even though... He likes to poo-poo on the coyotes. Uh, Wazinski's the one who I, I've said in previous episodes where he made a positive thing about the coyotes and then proceeded to next day. I guess it didn't get enough clicks, so he spun it negatively uh, to get more clicks. And I, I mean, I get it. It's his job, but I prefer him not to do that with my coyotes. But uh, I was walking past him and I, I overheard him talking and no, he wasn't whispering this. He was... Talking quite loudly, so it wasn't eavesdropping. But, uh, he said the atmosphere was great, and he was like, this is really cool. So, sounds like he liked it, which is good, because I would prefer him not to poo-poo on the Coyotes. Uh, he's probably one of the bigger sports writers out there in hockey. And, uh, having a positive voice on the arena instead of just dumping on it constantly is always appreciated. We also did talk to, um... I know this is not news for you, but it's news for me. I got to meet the whole crew for PHNX, so yep. not just Craig Morgan, who I've met a few times, but uh, also Steve Peters and Leah Merrill. Uh, so that was really cool. Leah Merrill, I, funny. I, you're like Leah, I, you're tall. I'm like Leah, you're tall. <laughs> and she's like, I get that a lot. I, I was I was surprised. I didn't know that she's the tallest one there. She was she was tall.
1: Richie's not used to being the shortest in the group, like, yeah. uh, I think me and Craig are about the same height, so, like, I'm used to being the, the shortest one around, it's fine, uh, Richie, Richie's just like, you're tall,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, so I'm six foot, so I'm usually looking down at all the short kings, and, uh, Leah was like, probably what, 5'11", She's 5'10", 5'11", like, she was nearly the same height as me, so I was, I was surprised.
1: Uh, no, we also go. Well, I got to talk to Patrick Brown a little bit. He's the uh, yep, writer for Patrick the Arizona Coyotes. He's really, really nice guy. Uh, he also used to write for the Hockey Writers, and then another individual. I forget what the specific website I want to say, with, like Daily off or something. He's a friend of Audie's, uh, but uh, I think it's Mike Gold. Please tell. I'm terrible with names.
0: Uh, yeah, it's Mike, and then I, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but it's G O U L D. Gold. let's just say Mike Gould. Gold. Gold. Yeah,
1: Gould. He's a Gould. Gould.
0: I don't uh, know. That Sorry, Mike.
1: Pete, it was it Pete Black? The hell is his last name? It's like Blackthorn or Blackburn. Yeah, Pete Blackburn, he was there. got to take a picture yep. with him. My wife was super jealous. I, she's <laughs> like, oh, I'm intimidated by this. So I'm like, hey, I got a picture. And Then I, I showed her the text after where I sent it to Elena, and she was like, what?
0: <laughs> I. So I don't know what broadcast he was with. I think it was ESPN or um, Sportsnet, one or the other. <clears throat> and uh, he was interviewing people. And they had a cameraman and then they had like a boom operator above them to Mm -hmm. to get all the audio and they were just interviewing people that were like sitting and um there was somebody sitting in like the disability section on the concourse um and this area was just like so tight it was like right next to the cold beers and cheeseburger so the line was just like going all the way out and like there's just so many people cramming through this little funnel and somebody literally, like, body checks the cameraman by accident. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, they're in the middle of an interview and the cameraman is literally, like, you know, perfectly on it, and then all of a sudden he's like this, and he's just like, <laughs> you know, what the, what the F, dude? But yeah, he literally, like, body check- or like, shoulders, shoulder to shoulder checks him, and just, like, the camera goes straight up in the air, and back down, and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: bro biz was also there i, I think he was hanging out yeah. on the press box because I, I didn't see him anywhere downstairs but biz was there uh i, f- I feel like i'm missing he one probably would have
0: gotten like, flooded with people though everybody yeah. would have been going for biz it's, it's so. Biz
1: like you know how, how mm-hmm. can you not love biz who the hell else I? I i feel like i'm missing someone else just keep going with whatever we're talking about and if i remember i'll just like shout it randomly
0: um yeah i i i would don't know all the reporters that showed up there there's some like popular ones and then there's the non-popular ones i don't remember if i said this earlier in the episode but uh craig morgan said that there was 80 uh media people there which is insane like if you think about that 80 people for a game uh, a singular game uh, that's a lot of people and that was just just absolutely crazy seeing all of the uh the people show up and turn out to just take a little peek inside to see what's under the hood in uh, the Mullet Arena. Uh, but overall, I, I'd say, say that it was a pretty successful um, first game. Hopefully we can keep that spirit going for the next couple of games. Um, and also, uh, screw you, all of you <laughs> non-Coyotes fans who complain about empty seats. Uh, because they literally killed seats in order to, you know, service all of those reporters. And th- so there's extras and spare seats that were left not sitting in. And of course we get comments like, oh my god, they can't even sell out the 5,000-seat arena, lol. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, did you even try to look at all? And then on top of that, so I did. I did learn this too. The Coyotes are saving uh, seats for Day of, so like Day of sales, there's still seats uh, they they've reserved, which is uh, really cool.
1: Because they want to have a uh, give everyone a chance to try. Like, it, it's a hot ticket. It's it's not it's mm-hmm. not going to be not a hot ticket for at least the next two years. The third year, like they should be better, so it also should still be a hot ticket. But I, I don't want to talk too deep like into the future when it comes to stuff like that. I don't want to look foolish like a lot of these people end up looking, but it's, so I, I do feel comfortable saying this much. And this was something that I was, I asked specifically, uh, you know, cause I, I'm getting ready to work there. Uh, remember how we were talking about, we didn't know how many seats would be sacrificed, you know, going into the year and the lowest number was it could go as low as 3,200. Well, yeah. what happened was not a single seat was taken out. In fact, I think with the standing room, they added a little more capacity. The main reason why it's for it was 4,600, I'd imagine it's because of the extra amount of, of reporters there, but yeah. the 4,700 number is because you have to have, and Craig Morgan was the one who kind of made sure to report on that to get the, the specific reason out there, is because you have to have tickets for friends, family, you have to have tickets and, and availability for reporters and media and uh, offici- officials and whatnot. Like, there's a lot of different like tickets that need to be reserved in a 17,000-seat arena that's perfectly fine, doable, no one cares. But when it's a tight space like that, yeah, it does affect it. And it's like 4,600 you know, in attendance, it was 100% capacity there. And then it's like, oh, they couldn't even sell it out? Well, that number right there says 100% because these tickets that were available for sale, that were allowed to be sold, were yeah. all sold out, and people were in there packed. And also some people might have got tickets and then let's say they were like a special guest or something ended up just like walking the concourse most of it or doing other things throughout the game like there is still stuff to do in the arena especially if you're one of the, the vip types. so it's like i yeah. don't understand the I, I get it they're desperate to complain but i don't understand what's with the constant hate when it's like the numbers are right there to back it up they sold out and yep. they're going to continue to sell out like the building will not be empty at all but if you're going to complain about two or three, like, empty seats because, God forbid, somebody wants to go get a beer or take a piss. Or, you know, it's at 730 at night in the East Valley. You know, everyone uh, works in the East. They live in the West. So you've got to, you know, fish through traffic. And it's literally everyone's getting off work 5, 530, 6 o'clock. You have to rush home and get over there. It's more convenient, but it's also more jam-packed. So people would still be late getting over there to an extent, like... A couple hundred people which completely justifies yep. those couple hundred seats that we're filling in throughout the night
0: yep yeah i uh i, I agree with you totally um well we've gone probably about 30 minutes about the mold Arena. i say we probably switch gears and quickly kind of go over the hockey side of the operations all um, right
1: all right let's get the notes up
0: Let's talk a little bit about the game. I say we start with the mullet game, and then we'll go backwards and work our way to the Columbus game. Since we're on the topic of mullet.
1: Can you freaking believe that the first NHL goal scored in Mullet Arena was Christian Fisher?
0: Did I call that? Did I say that? Or or am I, like, having a fever dream? I Uh, I feel like I said that.
1: Go go watch the old footage and just see if you did. I, I legit don't remember. But I, yeah. I, I can tell you right now, I don't think... If you placed a million-dollar bet, I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> because yeah. whole... Like, Stetra gets I, his first assist to the Coyote. Nemeth, uh, New York Rangers legend that everyone was saying was, was such a terrible contract we picked up. He, he's playing okay uh, for us. But it's like, Fisher. Fisher of all players. Captain Fish. Literally the, the day after he's sitting there talking about how cool the arena is, how excited the guys are, just praising this building. And, like, you know, it, like it is what it is for the situation, but the building itself, like, talking about how great it was and, like, how excited they were. Him being the one to score, but not just him. Him scoring two goals in a row, five mm-hmm. minutes apart. Jack McBain gets the assist on that. So thanks, Grav, ever since he decided to randomly talk trash, the McBain pain train is in full effect. Mm-hmm. And almost had, like, he should have, It would have been fun if he scored a hat trick. Because the, the mullets would have been on the ice, but yeah, like, I you couldn't have made that like you can't make that up. You lit like you cannot make that up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what's even crazier is when you when you project out those stats. I know it's only seven games or whatever. It's it's gonna slow down, but when you project out those stats, uh, Christian Fisher's on pace for sixty points and thirty goals or thirty five goals or something like that. I'll like, take
1: fifteen. I'll be very happy with fifteen. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I I don't think he's gonna score thirty-five goals, but if he hits fifteen, I'll be very happy with that. Uh somebody who I'm very unhappy with, points wise, although I think he's doing everything right you know, for all the little things. Uh Barrett Hayden still yet to get a point after. It it's this gotta be Because mm-hmm. like even I and
1: you know that I I like Barrett Hayden. It, mm-hmm. But it's like even I felt a little frustrated at him because I'm like, I feel it. I can't even point to specific plays. So it, it might just be like in my head, but I feel like there was a couple of plays where he like could have been in a slightly better spot or he could have had the opportunity to get a puck on net. And it's just like, I, I don't know if, if he's getting frustrated too. I know I'm getting a little frustrated with him and I know it's not fair. Like I'm not trying to attack him or anything, but it's like, I want that first point. I want that first goal. I, I think he's got, I think he's got a snipe in him. I think, it mm-hmm. might be a, a snipe in the top corner going off the pipe and in. <laughs> just out of frustration at this point because it's like he's playing well in every other aspect. He yeah, he it is. It's, it's got to be frustrating because the, the scoring has to come. Like, it, it has to be around the corner because that would really suck. Cause it was, I, I'm, I'm already forgetting. It was a three-year bridge contract or a two-year bridge contract? It was a smaller contract.
0: Uh, two, him. two, I believe. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was two. So and... that's got to
1: frustrate the kid if he bets on himself and – know 10 games then doesn't have a point like it's not the end of the world it doesn't mean he's a terrible player but like that's that's gotta frustrate you
0: yeah two two years and um yeah the point sucks but he's doing everything right like he's if you watch i think it's both of gunner's goals both times he's screening the goalie in front um that goal isn't going in without that screen that's just the truth nhl goalies are way too good uh, you're you're not going to beat a goalie clean, you know, as you once could, you know, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, or whatever. You know, you have to have somebody in their eyes, in order to stop that, that uh, or to allow that goal to go in. Uh, he's been there screening. He's been there trying to tip t- tip pucks. Um, he's generally like playing against the top line every night. Like he's playing against the best people in the league. You know, defending them. So. He's been he's had a big challenge on his plate, but um, you know, here's to him hoping that he gets a point, maybe in the next game or two, uh, get off the get off the zero horse and and start start scoring.
1: And I just want to quickly uh, uh give a little little kudos to Perfetti. He scored his third goal of the season uh, the other night. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Cole Perfetti in NHL 22. Yeah. I have him as my first line center because Logan Cooley doesn't exist yet. Uh, so it's like. It's cool to see him him producing and and kind of embracing a higher role because that's that's a good young player that's that's some talent that I I wouldn't have minded if the Coyotes would have been able to snag so it's like
0: there yeah you go. And of course
1: you know Cole Caulfield I, I I had to remind everyone today of that time we could have had Cole Caulfield because he's at a point per game all even strength I think it's like was it six goals in, in nine games or something like that six
0: in, six or seven.
1: It's stupid. It is stupid and, and I wish Gold Caulfield was on the coyotes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember when we all thought he was gonna we were trading up to get him, but alas we did not. Feels bad.
1: Victor Soderstrom, oh my
0: god. But uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of other topics here. Uh, I guess we can move into the Columbus game real quick.
1: Yeah, I I Look, again, I'm the optimist, but this Columbus game is kind of I think that's what this team is is going to be overall. Is again, like they're going to have games not six games a night, like d- don't don't think that, but it's like they should be able to score around three goals a night. That third goal shouldn't be that big of an issue, you know, with, with some of these of these scorers starting to really blossom a little bit, and also you have yeah. guys like Cassian that are muscling their ways around that should help. He got a goal in that game from Nick Ritchie, but Nick Ritchie has three goals so far. Uh, about a goal every other night. Dylan Gunther got his second goal. McBain got his first. Uh, Valimacchi and Emicelli assisting on the, the Gunner goals, just kind of trying to Goss, recap everything.
0: Goss' spare.
1: Goss' spare is, 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 is still above a point per game. Seven games, four goals, four assists, eight points. Clayton Keller is the only point-per-game player other than him. Uh, two goals, five assists, seven points. He did quietly have his, his point streak end, but he's still a point-per-game player. I, I I don't think we're going to be complaining about that. But it's, it's yeah. just uh, goal-tending as well. It, it Connor Ingram, 30, 30 saves. It, it should have been uh, 31. That, that third goal kind of stings, but 909 save percentage. He's getting another start tonight. And I really like the fact that they're finally, finally evening up goaltending like workload. And I asked Craig Morgan on Twitter. He said it was because he had a really good start. So, you know, Carter Ingram is also kind of stealing a couple of starts, which is good. You want to see that goaltending competition. Um, yeah. But it's it's when you have the goaltending getting a little better, and it, it kind of shows, hey, is Ingram going to be our backup moving forward? Do you want to keep him if you decide to move on from Carroll in a couple years? Hey, is this going to kind of re-spark Carroll? Because Carroll still has, you know, those 40 save nights in him constantly. It's just I feel like he lets in a couple – those easy goals, so it's fine for a rebuild, but, you know, trying to look past the, the rebuild phase, uh, some of these goal scorers like Dylan Gunther and that shot that kid has and, and how that's developing, uh, Matthias Pacelli is, borderline adopted the, the verbata, like, setup up play style with a bit of that Garland grit, and I think, yeah. I, I don't think he gets sent back down. Like even if the production it stays right around where it's at, where it should be, what thirty five points this season, so, somewhere in there. That, that's yes, good. That's something. Like nothing that. to scoff at. Uh, so it's like, I, I think he's going to stay in the middle six. I think he's he's earned that spot. Uh, Jack McVeigh finally starting to get some of that scoring going, and he's still barreling over people. Like, it, there's so many little things that to look forward to. that Even though I, they're not playoff team, they're still going to be more competitive. They're still going to be more fun to watch. And that game, you know, in overtime, that's their first game of the season they lost without giving up at least six goals. So it's like trending in the right direction, and you take the losses, that way you're still right where you should be for that lottery hunt, which is great. But it's also, you're seeing improvements on the ice as well, showing that the the on-ice improvements don't have to ruin the rebuild. They they don't have to, like, you don't have to be objectively terrible just because you want that number one or number two overall pick. It's, It's showing that... You could still provide a fun product, even if you're losing, because other teams are just better. So it's like, you yep. saw I also want to talk about him just very briefly. I, I think the defense has looked almost like at a slightly higher level with him playing. I feel like he is out there making a difference in a lot of the small things and he's, moving the puck around very well. I didn't expect the puck moving. I just expected good defense. And what were you going to say?
0: He's definitely stolen uh, Mayo spot. Yeah, you know, I the, think the,
1: as much as I like Mayo, Mayo might have lost his job.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll probably end up back in the minors or down in the AHL, I mean, and probably keep working on his game. He did not look very good those the what was it like the first 5 games they played or whatever.
1: The only thing he, is you don't want to ruin Tucson's like momentum right now cuz they're having a really good season. I feel like you hold on to Mayo as your as your seventh defenseman and then okay. when injuries happen or uh, whenever y- you trade ghosts, because that that trade is coming. I I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I have no timeline. I uh, everyone probably assumes safe bet trade deadline. I still feel it-, it should probably happen like sooner than that. But that that's just kind of my uh, let's get this done <laughs> mentality talking. Yeah, uh, I-, I feel like you still keep him because he still also has an NHL contract, and we're like Tucson's playing well right now. And as much as I like Mayo, I really do. If he's going through a cold bit right now and the the team is on fire. Just just let him practice with with the NHL squad and and just be like, "Hey, you're still our seventh defenseman because you still haven't do an NHL contract." So it's like, you know, the you, roster yeah. player. Yeah. And, and wanna, I mean, he's
0: know. he's an older player too, so he's not really going to be a guy that's going to complain about ice time because he's getting paid. This mm-hmm. guy, you know, <laughs> would you rather be Making seventy thousand dollars a year down in the AHL, or would you rather be a seventh defenseman making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, right?
1: Obviously seventy K. I'm I'm a, I'm a yeah. humble middle class guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think he'll be. I'll think he'll be just fine being a seventh defenseman. And he's not young to where he's like, you're ruining my trajectory. You know, like he knows what he is. He knows that the team is going to have holes that are going to be needing to be filled soon here, like. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I'm curious, who do you kick out for uh, Chickrin?
1: Nemeth. I, I I like. I think he looked good in that game you know, against Winnipeg. Like I, I actually don't have any complaints about his game for yeah. that one. But it's just he he was brought on to be a seventh defenseman anyway. So that's probably the easy decision. Uh, I feel like Stetcher's playing pretty well. I, I feel like uh, Valimaki obviously and JJ Moser. I'm gonna call my shot right here. If if he keeps working, he's gonna be a Norris contender. I don't know if he ever wins one. I, I'm not gonna make that prediction, but I he'll be in the conversation at some point. If, if yeah. damn is that kid good? So yeah, I, he, I think he might have stolen a top a top pair spot. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think he's your number one left defenseman. On I don't even think Chikrin takes over for that. So it it, it pro- it's probably Nemeth. I, I don't I don't know who else you'd you'd swap out.
0: Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably agree. You know, that Nemeth-Brown swapping is probably what's going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that is the oppo side, you're going to probably have to figure that out. Um, I think
1: Ghost's like playing on the right side, so you just you keep Brown and, the, and Stetcher on your second and third pairing. You just put Checker on the top pairing with uh, JJ?
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, um, sorry.
1: Uh, on the pairing with, with uh, Ghost, I apologize. Because I, I know Ghost likes playing on the right, doesn't he? I, I remember hearing... He
0: likes that spot. Um, maybe it on Cap Brownley. It says that he's positioned as left defenseman. So I don't who's, know
1: who's positioned on the right side other than Stetcher and Brown right now. And of course, so Mayo on the right.
0: On the right, you got Stetcher, Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Timmins, who's injured. Mayo, who's who's out of the lineup. Um, I'm assuming it's probably. Probably Nemeth, I would guess. That's playing opposite. He's a left, um, left defenseman as well, but he's playing yeah. right.
1: So I it look honestly. I think t- what Timmon should be back in, in a week or so because he was day to day, which usually means about a week, two weeks. Yeah. It, I know the hockey guy said it pretty well. If it's day to day, expect a week or two. If it's if it's you know week to week, about a month. They're, yeah. They're going to miss about a month, so it's like, I, I the thing is like. I feel like he moved the puck around well. I just don't know how how I remember feeling about his overall play. Like, I feel like he was playing fine, not – I don't know if, if I'm tripping over myself, like, trying to remember, but I remember, like, his passing was okay. I think he was okay defensively, but I remember he just didn't look quite as good as I think we, we hoped. But then again, he's also rusty after a year of not playing hockey.
0: I'm sorry. Who are you talking about? I uh, Tim Oh, Timmins. Timmins. Tim uh, Yeah. Yeah, he – yeah, yeah. When you don't play a full year, it's hard to get back up to speed. And he only had, what, two or three games before he re-injured. So it makes sense, you know. Uh, what was it? Nick Schmaltz had, like, no points in the first, like, five or six games last year and then ended up nearly, like, a point per game, right? It well, it takes... happens
1: when, you know, you have a seven-point night yeah. <laughs> against yeah. Ottawa, right? Yeah, because that's a game you invited me to. Wasn't that on my anniversary?
0: Yeah, yeah, you ditched your anniversary (laughs) to go watch that game.
1: Hey, hey, I was there for history. My wife will always be there until one of us dies or we get a divorce, and that history was was temporary, so you got to go to the history.
0: Yeah, (laughs) of course, of course. Um, Let's quickly talk about the jerseys that we keep failing to address, and then I say (laughs) we we, we called after that.
1: All right, that's fine. works for me.
0: So, I put it in the thumbnail last week. Uh, the previous episode, we should have been talking about the reverse retros, but um, we're stupid. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we forgot to talk about the reverse retros. They came out, and the Coyotes flying with a similar reverse retro, just orange this time. What are your opinions on the new burnt orange reverse retro jersey?
1: Well, I told you when it was first rumored that I thought it sounded disgusting because I'm like I, I just don't see how orange sounds good. It, it does, I in my head didn't sound good. Then that concept came out that I that mm-hmm. we were talking about. I'm like that's a beautiful jersey. Like I, yeah. I think I might need that. Then they officially reveal it and boy, whoever whoever made that decision needs to be fired. Like you made that jersey look kind of disgusting because like in in the reveal little like videos and whatnot, the lighting was terrible. And it made it made it look more muted than it actually is. It, yeah. If it wasn't for that that fashion designer like crossover, uh, product, that yeah, they showed the hat off. We wouldn't have actually seen it in the proper light. In Adidas, it is gorgeous. Now the jersey ad, I know you've gotten over it, uh, well, because like you'll you'll have them removed. I refuse to. I'll stand by. I will not pay full price for a jersey with an advertisement on it. That means I'm either buying fanatics or I'm waiting for a sale or something. So I might unfortunately have to miss this jersey, but. It's a giant billboard. You can't tell me you're not going to notice that on the eyes. It's literally with how the colors are. It's a giant billboard. But we're going to wipe that out for a second. That orange color is beautiful. That is a phenomenal jersey. Why the hell did they show it in darker light and mute it out? What what is the mindset behind that decision?
0: I don't know whoever the cinematographer was that recorded all those to show off the jerseys with the uh, models. There's like four or five models that they used. Just um, fire
1: him. That that was disgusting. You should that was, I, you should be ashamed. Like that jersey is beautiful, and you you made me question: Is it really that good? Like um, I actually, because I was so excited for this jersey that I, I see it in, in, you know the leaks, and then it finally gets revealed, and I'm like, eh, it's fine. How did you make that gorgeous jersey look like that? Like I now that I've had more time to think about it, I think the the purple still works better. But that does not mm-hmm. mean the orange isn't still good. Like I think all three of the jerseys with, with that design are, are phenomenal jerseys. So it's like, quit, quit your yeah. job. I I I will be very rude about that because that's a that's a phenomenal sweater and it looked disgusting. And if it was the Coyotes' fault, if it was anyone involved with the organization's fault for saying no, it's show it in, the, in these muted colors, resign. I don't care if this if this ever costs me like any relationship with anyone, resign. Because this jersey is beautiful. How dare you show it in, in anything but the most flattering light possible. Like, no.
0: Well, the, um, the videos that were released by the Coyotes, um, they're the same exact, like, shot list as all the other uh, videos that were released by all the other um, teams. Mm-hmm. So, I'm assuming it was probably a cinematographer that was used uh, by the NHL to just show them all off. Um, yeah, I don't I, the, the NHL needs to uh, tell that cinematographer next time to uh, color grade better and don't use gels. <laughs> I don't know why he used gels. So gels are like, essentially when you have a light, uh, it only shines in like a certain color, right? It only shines in whatever Kelvin you set it to. But you can change the color of it using what's called gels. And that's to get your, like, blues, greens, things like that. Uh, He definitely was using uh, certain gels in order to get his lighting. And it just... You threw off the entire color palette of the the jersey. When you do that, don't do that.
1: But I do like one notable change. I actually... The more I'm thinking about it, especially with the proper lighting, I'm I'm just... I have to assume a little bit because we only got to see the top of the jersey in in that that one photo leak. Uh, But the the uh, mountains and everything in the background like being in the middle of a sandstorm and yeah. like having this the sand on I, I think that looks really neat like mm-hmm. it's not like that pristine you know green or or purple design where it's like it's just the the, the desert but it's like it's different and i feel like it, it's pretty good like detail and highlights too it's like i i, I think that's going to look a lot better in, in proper lighting
0: I, I would have loved the, the <laughs> what I feel like whenever we get the mock-ups, the mock-ups always look better than when they come out. The, the mock-up <laughs> that, that was out there on Twitter that was flying around with the burnt orange, and it had the cream sleeves. It had the, like, cream sleeves, and the, I think it was Cream Mountains or something like that. Like, that looked so good. I liked that light, like, creamy color added with the burnt orange, but we didn't get any of that cream color. It was only, uh, like, a black and burnt orange.
1: So what you're saying, Richie, to all of our subscribers is that you love you some cream. Yes. what you're saying. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You pervert. Of course.
1: That was the first thing I thought.
0: (laughs) Anyways, non-cream talks. (laughs) Overall, I would say that the jerseys, to me, probably, I would say a seven. I like it. I'm a little afraid they're going to overdo it using the Space Coyote. Um, yeah, I would, I would I would say about a 7.
1: Speaking of jerseys, I, I I think my words kind of speak for itself. I think it looks really good. Probably the purple one's better, but it's still really good. So make your own assumptions there. I, I think that should be enough context for me. But one more jersey talk. Did you see the – because remember the original – like, rumor was our alternate is going to be a black peyote. Like, it, the same design as this, but it's going to be black. Well, yeah. I thought that could look nice. Like, you know, kind of like the the desert, you neo know, night sky, whatever. Thought, though the purple probably does that better. But did you see the new mock-up where it's an all-maroon yeah. jersey yeah. with the...
0: Arizona the, wordmark. A-
1: Arizona wordmark. Look, I-, I don't know if you remember this. You probably do. When the Flying Fox was getting ready to come out, we were kind of getting ready to see what the overall design was going to be we had that Phoenix Coyotes cursive wordmark, I think that would have looked gorgeous on it. I, I I like the Flying Fox for how weird it is, but I feel like the jersey itself looked really nice, and having the that wordmark could have really worked on that jersey. The wordmark in this concept, so we don't know, that's, that's the final design, just a concept, yeah. that wordmark looks disgusting, and I really hope they have more, like, stripe and stripings on it, because it looked... Really bland, and I'm like, please don't be our actual al- alternate, please, please yeah, don't
0: do this I, to me. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one either. It's uh kind of a meh. I I, I don't like wordmark jerseys in the first place. I I don't know. I don't like them. I don't know why the NHL thinks that people like them. I guess they just look at the New York Rangers and they're like, well, it works for the New York Rangers, so it, it, everyone will like them. And it's like, no. No, the New York Rangers can do it because it says New York on it. There's literally like, you know, hats that sell just by putting NY on them. Like New York is a brand of its own. Like just tossing Jersey Jersey on a Jersey is uh not a good, not a good one. Same with tossing Arizona onto a Jersey
1: jersey jersey was phenomenal and you know that because of how stupid it was yeah but with 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 new york like obviously if their fans like it i I, as someone who's not a fan of the team who am i to comment so it's like you do you in my opinion i think they're all wrong in glory like loving this jersey that just says rangers i know it's original six. i know it's just because it's always been that way i love the lady liberty i feel like like that should have gone over better because mm-hmm. I love that logo, and I feel like that that just should have been what they are, but the fans voted with their wallets, and they were very loud, so it's like, my opinion can be irrelevant because they're, they're still going to sell the same jersey they've sold for a hundred years that just yep. says Rangers on it, and, and it's going to continue to sell, so... Does it say does it say
0: it, Rangers, or does it say New York? I thought it said it New York. It says
1: Rangers, but maybe the home and away say different, but I know the, okay. I, I know it says Rangers, but... It, it okay. could be literally both, but it's it's really, really weird. I don't get it, but maybe it's an East Coast thing.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be getting one of those jerseys. I'm already like well over my my allotted money for jerseys for the year with uh buying this orange one, so I don't know if I'm gonna get the I'm gonna Wolverine get the one. lightning
1: one. I, I I need that storm jersey. That is disgusting and I love it. I, yeah. I, I need that. Uh, there's a couple other ones I like. I, I'm mad at the Sharks one because I've, they should have just used the Golden Seals logo or they should have just done what they did in that giveaway jersey I have with the, the Golden State crossover or they just have the Shark in, in the the Golden Seals colors because, like, the California Golden Seals, for as ugly as that logo is, I love it. I think it's, like, yeah. it's got a charm to it. But just saying Sharks looks really... I get it. That's what it said seals on it. I think California and then seals depending on if it was home or away. I, I get it. But it looks weird and you want people to pay two hundred dollars for it.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. It is what it is. I will say this is another successful episode. I think I'm gonna cut us off here. We are well over the hour mark, so I I think it is time to give us a little boot so all right. thank you so much thank you so much for watching uh, for episode what was it 30, 32 which episode is
1: Michael Telquist I want Telquist, to preemptively congratulate us for 100 subscribers I'm going to call my shot now even if I have to make 3 alternative accounts and subscribe to it we will hit 100 I swear
0: oh alright <laughs> anyways thank you so much for watching uh, make sure to like subscribe and follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on And we will see you later.